Welcome to Passion Groove. This is a podcast for all you football and music lovers out there. Enough about us, I'm more concerned about you. You've got this far and you're still sat there doing nothing. Come on, get yourself involved. This podcast is sponsored by Beer52. There's a whole world of craft beer to be discovered out there and the team at Beer52 are helping you to taste them all with their monthly subscription. This subscription allows you to choose from a box of all light beers or a mixed style box. This also includes a tasty snack and their famous ferment magazine. All the lads here at Pass and Groove have a subscription with Beer52 and would highly recommend you all to join the adventure into unique craft beers, which also includes some exclusive beers that you can only find at Beer52. To subscribe and for more information, click the link in the podcast description. Cheers, Groovers. Right, okay, so we're back on the airwaves again with another Passing Groove podcast. Uh, I'm joined with the usual suspects again. You've got myself, Nate. Uh, I'm joined with Hodge. All right, big man. You okay? Yeah, not too bad, mate. And Connor? Evening, boys. Evening, mate. And we've got another special guest today. We've got a North, a North Welsh lad, uh, made his way through the Wrexham Academy, became uh, Wrexham's youngest ever captain, played for him for a number of years before moving down south to Billericay. Uh, now playing for Curse and Aston, we've got Robbie Evans. How are we, mate? Very well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, but um, with a Tramia fan here, but I'm a little bit excited as well. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you very much. No, um, no worries, no worries at all. Right, we'll we'll do what we start with every guest, mate. Uh, nice and easy question. Uh, how did you get into football? How did it sort of come about? Um, not much going on in North Wales, to be honest. It's either rugby or football, either way. Um. Yeah, no, so just playing, you know, with the lads, uh, with my friends in school and stuff like that, um, you know, and then got asked to play for my local team, uh, Penakai, so where I'm from, a little village in Wrexham, and then it just kind of went from there, really, I kind of found the love for it early doors, and I think my dad being a big football fan, uh, a big Liverpool fan and Wrexham fan, um, there was, I don't think there was, yeah, rugby wasn't an option, really, it was football, um, and then that was it, really, it just, you know, found, found the love for it, and um couldn't stop kicking the ball, really, from an early age. Yeah, yeah, it's pr- brilliant, mate. So, I mean, like, like you say, sort of local football, was that sort of, before you got any sort of step up to academy, was that just sort of with your mates from school and local lads? That was it, yeah. It was just, kind of, you know, I think it's the same, you know, for all your, you lads as well, when you're, like, I'm 25 years old. There wasn't much going on, really. It was literally finished school, you know, meet on the local park, get your jumpers out, you know, that you don't you don't mind getting dirty, use them as goalposts or turn your bike upside down and use that so you've got a posting in. It was one of them, wasn't it? So that's all really we, we all, you know, we used to do. There was not much going on. There was no, you know, like youth clubs or there was no phones and like stuff like that. You know, I still, I think I had like a, a Walkman until I was like 19 until I could afford an iPhone. So there wasn't much going really. So it was just football, pair of boots, a bottle of water and then wait for the phone call for your mum to get you in for tea. That was kind of it, wasn't it? Yeah, they're the, they're the best days. They're, they're the best ones, mate. <laughs> best ones. 
So uh, how did it come about? You know, was there, did, did you join sort of Wrexham's academy set up straight away or did you go through any other clubs? Yeah, so uh, obviously the local club and then you have, you know, like your district team. So like your Wrexham schoolboys. So obviously the best, you know, selected 20 lads from the local primary schools in Wrexham. Um, you'd go play for Wrexham schoolboys school representing, you know, the whole Wales, whole of Wales. Um, and then obviously when you play the likes of Cardiff schoolboys or Swansea schoolboys could go on, Aberystwyth, all them lot. That's when the scouts turned up. And then there was just one game where I played Cardiff schoolboys. But funny enough, you won't believe this. I was a striker back in the day. Oh, no, I like, yeah, I was. Yeah, I used to rapid as hell and score goals, mate. Can't do it now. I think I've scored one in five years. But yeah, anyway, scored goals. Um, and then I was just lucky enough that there was a couple of scouts there. There's about three or four. Um, there was a few, yeah, a few scouts there. And then obviously one of them being Wrexham. Um, and then it just went from there, really, that... Obviously, I went on Wrexham on trial. Yeah, so, so how, how old were you, sort of, when you got into that uh, uh, the, the Wrexham sort of settle? I was nine, yeah, so under 10. So I went there when I was nine years old. Um, and funny enough, my first manager was Stephen Cooper, who's now the Swansea City manager. Um, so he, he, I hated it. <laughs> I did not like <laughs> it one bit. He was just, you know, he could tell he was just very scary and just, you know, he knew what he was doing. Um, but funny enough, obviously I impressed him, and then obviously he signed me on. And then I think it was a year later he, he went to um, he went to Liverpool, I think, and worked in the academy there. But yeah, under tens is when I started when I went to Wrexham. How, how come you didn't sort of like it, Robbie? Oh, he was, you know, like where you're just so used to like having a kick about and who can get it in the top bins. It, he was just obviously completely the opposite. So like obviously that age, it was like checking your shoulder you know, making sure you check it before you receive the pass. And I didn't have a clue about this, you know what I mean? I yeah. used to skin all my mates. So I thought, I'd, you know, I'm all right with all this. But it was just, it was good though. It, you know, you learned that at that age, it was just so impressive. But in the long run, you know, it, it worked better for me. Mm. It was just scary. <laughs> <laughs> we do, uh, we, we've had a few lads on who sort of said that when they made the move up to an academy level at a young age, they felt like they missed out a bit on that, you know, playing with your mates on a weekend. Did you have yeah. that feeling? Yeah, yeah, I used to hate it. So, obviously, with Wrexham, we used to play on a Sunday morning, um, which Saturday was obviously when all your mates play, and you couldn't play. So, under 12s, you, you had to stop. So, obviously, when you went to full size, you had to stop. And I just remember I used to go and watch my mates play every Saturday, and I was just thinking, oh, wonder if I could play, wonder if they'll find out. I mean, dad was having none of it. Um, so it, it wasn't nice because obviously as a kid, you want to play with your mates as much as you can. But, you know, I think as I, as the older I got, I think I just kind of got into it that I thought, you know, in the long run, you know, I'll benefit from it. Um, but it, it was hard. But, you know, it's, you know, the sacrifices that you've kind of got to make at that, that age, really. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I, I ask this question quite a lot with, um, with lads that have been through the academy. At a young age, did you feel like there was a lot of pressure on you? You know, to are you looking at the end of every season thinking, oh, you know, I hope they keep me on, or did you get like sort of told, oh, you're going to be here for a few years? Um, I, I was kind of lucky, really. When I, when I signed for Wrexham, there was funny enough, I signed a four-year mini contract. I don't know what the hell it was, but I signed yeah. something a four contract where if another club came in, they'd have to pay compensation. Um, but it was still I know what you're saying because obviously you have the parents even and stuff like that and I'm thinking parents even in football what the hell is that you know what I mean <laughs> so you know it, it was it was nerve-wracking you know doing to the, you know realise how 
professionally and how ran it was at that age. And that was 13, 14. You know, you used to panicking before you go with your mum and dad, thinking, what are they going to do? They're going to release you. So, you know, I kind of handled with the pressure not too bad. But, you know, I've seen people come from their parents' evening crying and all sorts like that. Mm. But it's, it's just, I think, kind of get them, get the kids in like a bit of a, you know, a head situation, you know, what's going to happen in the future. And, you know, obviously what can happen because it's obviously so hard to become a professional footballer. But, yeah, very scary. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. And, like, you, yourself, you sort of, you, you did what sort of not many other lads do and went on to, you know, eventually captain Wrexham and play a lot of games for the first team. Did, was that ever in the back of your mind? Did you always know that you were, you know, the best? Is, no. Do academies ever, like, <laughs> like have players that they sort of know were going to make it funny enough I think I was I was they told me this after I was very lucky to get a scholarship um because obviously I'm five foot nine now so I'm small <laughs> but I was very small and I was very skinny when when I was 16 so what they did they give me a three-year scholarship contract and usually it's only a two years so the three-year kind of is right you've done your two years and you've got another year in the youth team to give you a chance to like build up your strength and you know obviously mature a little bit. So obviously that kind of told me that they've got they see potential in me, but you know it, it's down to my hard work whether I get it or not. Um and then obviously I only did one. So I only did a year in my scholarship and then I got handed a professional. So I didn't do the other two. But obviously at, at first I, I couldn't see myself. I didn't see myself playing how many games over 100 games for Wrexham. I was just hoping that I could make my debut for the club that I support. And then that would be it. I'd be happy. Uh, but obviously, it went on to, you know, obviously play a few more games, which I was over the moon with. Yeah. So when did you sort of <clears throat> get your first taste of senior training or a scholars brought in to train with the first team all the time? Or was it sort of... So how it worked, because because I was a first year scholar, so how it worked, because obviously you go to college. Um, because I did a three year, so my first year was just kind of training well, and then all the lads would go to college and then I'd go home. And then I wouldn't start college until my second year. So obviously I was, everyone, all the lads would finish training, say, ah, 12, we do all our jobs. Like we have clean the boots and stuff like that for the first team players. And then all the lads would go to college for say half past one start where I'd stay. And then I'd say, I'd do a bit in the gym and then I'd get the bus home. But then the first team manager, because they always used to do like a double session. So they used to say, it was Dean Saunders at the time. And he's, Christ, he's one hell of a scary man as well. He would say, do you want to stay and do a bit extra training? So I'd be like, yeah, why not? And then just doing that just kind of got me in front a little bit of the lads who were in my position, the same kind of age. Just me basically brown nosing a little bit. That's all it was, you know, I'll do the jobs, I'll do that. But it kind of benefited me a little bit. So it's one of them, really. Yeah. Did, did um, as you, you touched on there, being a Wrexham lad, Wrexham fan, did you ever get it a bit overwhelming? You know, when you'd got into that first team setup, seeing lads that you know you might have been watching at the weekend if you didn't have a game yourself. Yeah, it, it, it was. It, I remember the first time. So obviously, when I signed the professional contract, I still stayed in the youth team changing room. I didn't want to go in there because obviously lads would be saying, oh, "You're massive time, you," and stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't want any of that. And I remember it was uh, Dean Keats, who's obviously the Rex and moment, and Jay Harris, who literally picked me up. Um, got all my stuff and literally just threw me in the changing room. And it, and I and I was thinking it was literally three, four years ago, I was 13, 14, and I was watching Dean Keats and Jay Harris, you know, as them two as the two older midfielders. Uh, and that kind of hit me a little bit. And I thought, oh, you know what, actually, you know, I, I've watched these four years ago, hoping I was going to, you know, be in their boots, but now I'm going to 
train alongside him. So um, it was very surreal. But yeah, it was uh, it was a big moment for me, definitely. How did you, uh, like the two smallest players in the squad, pick you up, probably? Because I was, <laughs> like, we, I was much smaller than them. I, I was on par. It was like you could. It was like the seven dwarfs just growing in height. It was really, Dean Keats, Jay Harrison, then me. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was one of them. Funny enough, I think anyone could have picked me up when I was 15, 16, Definitely, <laughs> I was so so small. <laughs> oh, mate, that's brilliant. That. So you know, what was that? What was the step up like? Obviously, you say that you you went into it as an early, like an early age, you know, 15, 16. Did yeah. you notice, obviously, like you say, being a bit of a smaller lad, the yeah. physicality and the standard, what, what's that the difference? Like? Yeah, it, it was hard. And that's kind of what realised I needed to pick some weights up because um, the tempo and everything like that, that's obviously normal. You know, no 16-year-old is going to be used to lads who've been professional footballers for 15 years. Um so that took me a very long time to get used to. But obviously the physicality, uh, running kind of, I was usually okay. Obviously I, I used to do cross country and obviously where I live, it's just full of hills, isn't there? So fitness wise, I was okay. But um, obviously, like you said, the physicality, you know, when you obviously you've got the ball, someone could come over, a bit of wind could have blown me over. So that's when I kind of realised I've got to obviously get in the gym. Um, and it was Joey Jones, who was the youth team manager. And obviously he's, a Liverpool legend, you know, once European Cups. And he kind of, um, he taught me the old school, basically, where my core session would be, funny story, I'd lie on the floor and he'd have a medicine ball and big rubber balls and it would literally just stand over me like they do in the boxing and just bounce it on my stomach. And obviously you've got a tense. And then I thought, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? But like I said, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that. that it was just Joey because obviously he's the 80s kind of man that's just done it in, in them times. But, you know, I realised obviously to be a professional footballer, it wasn't just how good you are in the football situation. You had to, you know, work for it and get in the gym and, you know, build a strength up. Um, so luckily now I'm still small, but, you know, I've got a bit of muscle on me now, which is good. You've mentioned, <laughs> you've mentioned Joey there, Robbie. How yeah. much of an influence is he at Wrexham? Obviously a massive uh, legend he, character. He, yeah, he's, he's all time my favourite and best coach I've ever had. You know, one, because he's done it. Two, he's not, He's not. He, he's never mention it. He'll never tell stories about it. He's not arrogant. Nothing like that. he comes from. Landed no, like a little small village in North Wales. Uh, but you know, for someone who's won two European cups, you know, played over seventy caps for Wales for his country, a Wrexham legend as well. You know, he he he's, you couldn't tell. And mm. some of the, some of the stuff, you know, the the, uh, the drills that he does for you, you know, it just like I said, it, it goes a long way. And some of the sessions that he used to do on me, I still do now when I'm coaching because they're just so good. Mm. Um, and, you know, just the way he talks and everything encourages you. He's, he's, you know, he's one of them coaches that'll put an arm around you, which, you know, at that age, you know, in the youth team, a young lad stepping up is exactly what, you know, people need, I think. That's a belt of that. Yeah. Very good. I mean, uh, sort of following on from Hodge's question there, Robbie, was there any lads in that first team that you looked up to playing in your position? Um, yeah, I'd, pro I'd probably, it's hard doing this because the person I'm going to say is the one that let me go from Wrexham, <laughs> but it's Dean, <laughs> Dean Keats, <laughs> um, he, you know, he, he was kind of the same stature as me, you know, he was a small kind of, um, he was a small player, uh, but he was technically very good, uh, you know, he had so many, you know, attributes as leadership, you know, on the pitch, he was uh, a great captain, um, so, you know, kind of, I looked at him and I thought, you know what, you know, if he can hold himself in the middle of the pitch, you know, the way he does, you know, and I kind of, he taught me a lot really, um, you know, off the pitch and on the pitch and, um, you know, like I said, it's gone a long way, but I'd probably say 
him and, and definitely JR is them two at the time when I was just stepping up with the two kind of lads who were in their prime that were doing really well for Wrexham. Yeah, of course. Now, don't, don't want to skip too much here, but you you make your am I right? So you make your league debut uh, at age seventeen. Yeah, now, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's something that it's, it's such a difficult question to ask this, but like you support Wrexham, you've you've come through the youth system, seventeen. What was it like? Like having that, I don't know. Was it, was it pressure, or did you take to it like the excitement of that day? I it it was because we were playing Newport County away, um, yeah. and obviously it's a long journey as well. And I've never been good at travelling on something like that, so I thought, right, here we go. I've got four hours on a coach going to Newport on a Tuesday night. Um, and then obviously the youngest has to make the coffees and the teas and stuff like that. So it, it, it my stomach wasn't sitting well, and obviously the nerves are kicking in as well. But I didn't think I was going to be in the squad. But obviously I got there and um, I see my shirt, which was a large. And obviously, like I said, I was very small. I had a large puma kit, and I still got it. It's here. Um, but yeah, obviously we. I think we were winning one 0 and there was ten minutes to go, and it was a. It was an important game because I think Newport was third and we were fourth and there was only two games left after that. So we couldn't obviously overtake them and we couldn't go any places lower. So it was kind of like a free hit. Um, but yeah, obviously coming on, um, I think I touched the ball like five times, you know, and I was lucky that I didn't give the ball away because um, obviously they were putting the pressure on for the last 10 minutes. But um, yeah, the moment it, it was, uh, I can't even point to words what it was like really because it was just for my family and stuff like that. I've been a local lad, putting the local shit. And I think I had a few fans there. Uh, there was a few fans, but a few of them with my mates as well. That obviously got the coach on on Tuesday night. So obviously seeing them as well. And it was just so surreal, obviously, to make your debut for the team that obviously that you supported when you were a kid, um, which is a, you know, a very proud moment for myself. Yeah. What, what was it like there? You mentioned your mates had obviously might support Rexham as well and go to the games. As you sort of started playing a few more games, what was that like? Did they ever give you any stick or anything? Or? It was class and then it was also horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be like Saturday nights where you've just lost 2-0 and you text your mate saying, oh, what are we doing tonight? No reply. Because like, <laughs> right. they're season ticket holders, so you know they always used to say, "I'm paying your wages." Actually, you know they used to stick, they used to give me. But then if if we win, they'd they'd be my best mate, and they'd be asking, oh, "Are you coming out for a pint or something like that?" So, uh, but no, they were they they were never they were never horrible enough for that. You know, if they knew I had a bad game and we lost, they'd be the first to tell me. But it's probably what you want off your best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the, the moments obviously where have been like very good obviously the scoring moments and stuff like that um, they've always been there and yeah let's just say it, it was an end you know it'd be a very good night after it and stuff like that <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> them, them first few seasons Robbie you, you mentioned there that's uh, Newport season I'm right to say that you, you finished second the squad finished second that year you know on, on 98 points and you probably both won't appreciate me saying this but lost lost to Luton in the playoffs what's that yeah. like as a as a young lad, and I appreciate that you maybe not made that full yeah. break into the team, but being around yeah. the team it, in a difficult time like that. It, well, yeah, obviously I, I think after that I made another game and then, so I only made two appearances, but it was a season where obviously Wrexham got 98 points and the team that went up was Fleetwood, who at the time had a striker who now plays for Leicester City, Jamie Vardy. So yeah, yeah. You, there's no, you know, I think they finished on 107 points. Um, but like, it's so hard because obviously Wrexham, the team I supported, but 
obviously been in that league for so long and obviously with the history of Wrexham have, they are a football league side. They always have been. To finish on 19 points and then not thinking you're going to go up, it, I think it was it hit everyone quite hard and I think it hit everyone as well for the season after because I think we finished out of the playoffs and I think it, it took a while for a few lads to get over that situation, especially, like I said, the Dean Keats and stuff like that and the Jairuses who've been there through the whole season. Um, so it, it wasn't too much of obviously personally for me but I think you know as a surrounding as a club you know it did it did take about 12 months to to get over that season I think because it was such and obviously then thinking you got 98 and you got the playoffs and then you go to play Luton Town who've got Andre Gray up front yeah. so it's like you just don't get any luck any team you play have got unbelievable strikers um, but yeah it, it was very tough there was two very good sides Luton who in the end went up and now in the championship and now Fleetwood I think are in League One aren't they so credit yeah. to them you know they stuck it out no, of course. So you, you sort of move into the next season and do you have a bit more involvement the season after you, you made the a cup four, I think it was four league appearances. Yeah. Um, I, I can appreciate that obviously you had a, well, still do have, a, you know, have, have a brilliant team. Was it hard, did you find it quite hard to, to get in there, you know, to get your name in, especially being a centre mid? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just, I've, I've mentioned him a couple of times now, it, it, just because Dean Keith Jarris and I think it was Tolly at the point and then Lee Fowler before the season before, they were all in their prime. They were all doing so well. And that was kind of Wrexham's structure. It was 4-3-3. So, you know, then three midfielders that were just on fire. And then obviously we had a couple of lads in the in the youth team who were a bit older than me. Uh, I think it was Jay Colbeck, um, who was obviously, he was just getting ahead of me as well because of his age. Um, so obviously... I wasn't angry or I wasn't like, you know, I didn't go into the knock on the, the manager's door and say like, why am I not playing? Because I was 17, just turning 18. Uh, so I fully understand it. I just knew, realised, you know, obviously I've got to be patient. I've got to wait my time. And when, you know, when it comes, I've just got to take it. And it was just more understanding that. And once I did, you know, I was just training really, really hard, doing the double sessions and, you know, just showing the manager that, you know, when he does need me, that I will be ready. Yeah, of course. Now, um, now, I, I, was was the season after that you lost against Luton? Was that did you lose? Was was it the Newport County loss the season after, or was it, was there a season in between? Season, season in between. Because I think it's just we've lost. You were there, Robbie, not me. I know. Yeah, you're, trying to, you're making me think here. So the new the Newport was when we lost the. Uh, Oh, I don't know, mate. To be I honest, I think there was no, a season no. in between, and then because we got to the FA okay. Trophy, we won the FA that was Trophy, the F- that was the FA the Trophy. Then yeah, the same so year, weren't they? Yeah, the, the same season was where obviously we lost to Newport in the playoff final, and we beat Grimsby in the FA Trophy. Mm. Yeah, see, I do yeah. know me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it, is it is it between them sorts of seasons where you've made um, you, you sort of is that when you captain the, the team, the, the you were the youngest sort of. As yes. an eighteen-year-old, that was uh, the in season, the FA yeah. Trophy as well. That's it. So that was the season where I, I think I made. I, I again, I need to get my logbook out of it because I don't know how many appearances I made. I should remember this, but you know, like I said, it was it wasn't many. You know, it was just still I was making appearances, put my name in, but it was when I got my first start. So that was the season where um, I think Kidderminster we played. I got my first start against them, and then obviously a couple of weeks after we played Gresley in the FA Trophy, <clears throat> and then. Knew nothing of it, you know. I didn't know what one I was going to be starting, and then obviously, I didn't even know what did this happened. So obviously, the captains have got to go meet the referee before the game, before any professional game. And I was like, I never knew that, you know. You never knew that in the youth team. So uh, 
uh, Andy Morell or the assistant manager, Billy Barr, knocked and uh, knocked, come in the change rooms, went, Robbie, come on, you got to see the referee. Shut up. I'm like, what are you on about? <laughs> He's like, you're you captain today. I was like, yeah, good one, like that. And then I think before I went to see the referee, I think I had to pop to the toilet or something like that. Nerves kicked in again then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just got told, obviously, you're going to be captain today. And I was like, wow, like that, you know, even not, you know, only telling me, say, 45 minutes before the game. I didn't have much time to text anyone or nothing like that. <laughs> uh, it was just straight into it. Um, but like I said, that, that, you know, that sticks with me quite a while because obviously, at the time, I think I was the youngest ever captain. I'm not sure if I've still got that anymore. I think some little youth team lad nicked it off me last year. <laughs> um, but no, that that was an absolute proud moment. Uh, I think we went on to win two one as well, um, which you know was a you know proud moment for myself and my family. I think it, it doesn't get doesn't really get much better than that, does it? So, well, what's that like being an 18 year old lad? And I obviously assume you must have been one of the youngest lads in the team at the time. What yeah. was that like? I was the youngest in the team, and um, I remember uh, obviously the Wrexham fan. My Mark Crichton was playing. Um, I think Tolls was playing. Jamie Tolly, Andy Morell was playing, and then you've got they're all thirty-five veterans, and then you've got a skinny eighteen-year-old lad just popping up with an armband around him. <laughs> um, but I've always been good vocally. I've always, I've always kind of been like that. Um, I think you come back from Joey. Um, I remember just one training session. You know, if if something was not right. What age or not, I'd tell them. Um, I'd get a lot of stick back. <laughs> I'd get a lot back. <laughs> Probably not the answer I want back. But I was just kind of one of them where I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And, you know, I was very vocal on the pitch. Um, so it, it kind of sit well with me, really. But it just hit me in a little bit in the game where, you know, you've, you've just got to start shouting at these experienced players. But I had no problem with it. So, you know, I sat with it well, really. And, um, I, yeah, I took it on. And, uh, but like I said, a very proud moment for myself. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's almost like this dream come true. So to see that, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, mate. You know, dream was to make a debut for Wrexham, and then you know you don't even think about being captain for your own town club. Um, so you know, it, it was just a brilliant what twelve to eighteen months that I had really in that little era. Of course. Now you're moving into like sort of the 2014, 2015 now, and and the things, and you start to get you know you made twenty six league appearances that year, and you're still you're still a, a very young player. What was that like, sort of becoming? You, you're sort of starting to know then, aren't you, that you're yeah. becoming a vital part of the team? It, it was, that hit me a little bit when um, I think we I started my first game uh, that season and we won. Can't remember the score or who it was against, but uh, we and then we won the next game, and it was the first time I've ever heard this little motto: "You can't change a winning team." And I remember Joey Jones was the person who told me. He said, "Rob, you can't change a winning team," because I always go to him and say, "I'm not going to be playing next week." I don't know, you know, people are coming back and he says, listen, you can't change a winning team. And obviously, in today's society, it does, it's not like that. It does, They do change it in these Premier League teams, you know, the amount of fixtures they play. But obviously in the conference, when, you know, you haven't got depth in the squad, you never change the winning team. Um, and I think we went on the seven-game little unbeaten run. And I, I just wasn't leaving the team because obviously we were winning. Um, so obviously I was doing something all right. So that kind of, you know, I was realising that season, you know, right, you know, I'm doing okay here and um, I'm holding you know, my own weight against these National League players or the conference players at the time. So, um, no, it was, um, that was probably that season where I realised, you know, I had something about me, something, definitely. <laughs> of course. Now, um, this is the same season that, uh, 2014, 2015 season was when you had that little FA Cup run. Am I right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Now, Hodge speaks about this quite a lot because I think it's one of the only away games he's ever been oh, to. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I only go to big games, mate. What, what, what was that like, Robbie? As again, a lad, you beat Woken and Maidstone on the way. You get the third round draw, Stoke away. Now, what's what's going through your head then? Are you thinking, oh, let's just let's just keep it to a minimum of two, or are you thinking, oh, we can go and win it? Like it was exactly like that. I remember it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, and we trained on the Saturday morning and it was one of them fixtures. I, I don't know. I think I was probably too excited about it because I knew I was starting. So I was like, knew I was going to be starting against Charlie Adam, you know, what was it? Peter Crouch, Ryan Shawcross, all them kind of players. Um, but then you get thinking, don't you? Oh, Stoke, not a big Premier League club. They're one of them where, you know, you could probably have a little go against them. Mm, yeah. um, and I remember it was a Saturday morning, uh, July soccer, um, we're at we're at our training ground, and I think that it was a, I think it was Bianca Westwood. Uh, she came and uh, interviewed me because she said you're going to be the youngest player, you know, on that pitch. And it, that's when it hit me a little bit. I was like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> but then, like you said, you're traveling to it. You see, you know, you see that stadium, and you think, right, you know, three, four, no. We had I think it was six thousand fans. One of them was him up there. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. came to it, and um, but. When that goal went in, obviously that we scored it. Um, it you know, I've never seen that many fans, Wrexham fans, all together, um, and how they celebrate. You know, I had my mum, me dad, me nan, me granddad. <laughs> you know, the list goes on. I had yeah. all my friends. It was just, it was just a lovely day out for you know all the Wrexham community, to, you know, to come and obviously watch that game. Um, and like I said, obviously we were so close, obviously nicking it, and then. I think they brought three big guns, big guns on in the last ten minutes. I kind of turned it around. Yeah, but I, I, uh, I'll I'll say that that I, I don't know how long we were in front for. It felt like ages, but it was probably only a few minutes. But it yeah. was no, it was it was actually it was actually fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. 70, it was. We were ahead. Seventy third minute. Yeah, oh, yeah, scored in the scored in the seventy third minute. Conceded in the eighty eighth. Jesus. Yeah, and we, oh. I, that's what I'm saying. I I that ugh, even now that you know kills me to hear that we were so close. Uh, but like I said, you know, the talent they've got and what they spend and stuff like that. And I think because the first half, I don't think I touched the ball in the first half. We planned on <laughs> we planned so well to keep our shape and it worked. It worked really well. And then second half, I think where's York hit the crossbar in like the 60th yeah. minute. Uh, and then I think uh, it was a James Pearson. I think we had a right back. He, he missed like a few. So we were getting chances. We were breaking down a little bit. And then obviously when we scored, I always say, I think we scored too early. If we added, you know, an extra five minutes on with just maybe 10 minutes left, who knows now it could be, you know, lifting the FA Cup or something, but dreams get, you know, dreams get shattered, don't they somehow? That, that was comfortably the best feeling I think I've ever had yeah, a football game. I, I'll vow for that. When that, we scored. Uh, when we scored, I still watch it back. And even now, I get, I'm getting goosebumps now. That goal, <laughs> when Mark Carrington, like a little angel, just diving in and heading that bottom <laughs> corner. And that that moment, yeah, that'll sit forever. That I still, I still got it like on me on um, YouTube and stuff like that. That I'll just, if I'm sad on a day, I'll just press put it on and just that'll cheer me up. I've got a picture <laughs> of it of the celebrations. Then it seems stupid because you actually lost the game. It, it does. It doesn't matter, does it, mate? No, <laughs> I'm on. It. I'm on the photo somewhere in the background. <laughs> I can see me and my dad and my cousin. Oh, your first away game as well. Ah, it was. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> could you tell us? Could you tell the standard? It sounds like a stupid question, but what was? Are we? What was the stat like? The difference, like in standard? Can you tell that these lads are like, you know, the best, and that like. 
internationals a lot of them, even though you know. It's yeah. Finished, so. You, you know, I always go back to the Charlie Adam. Everyone used to say Charlie Adam, overweight and stuff like that. Jesus Christ, you, you stand next to him. He's not overweight. His quads are a size of probably a cow. His legs <laughs> are that big. And it's just all muscle as well. And he doesn't look fast, does he, when you watch him on Match of the Day on a Saturday night playing for Blackpool and everybody did. Jesus Christ, he's quick. You just, you know what I mean? You, you just see the absolute difference that these, you know, at that level, they actually do put into it and obviously they've got to put into it because obviously they want to represent their country. Um, so, you, you know, you do see it. Um, I was just lucky that I got a few gym sessions in before going against Charlie Adam and Robert Huth and all that. <laughs> oh, funny so, story. I did push, I did push Robert, Robert Huth and I got a yellow card for it. And he literally just looked at me. And I literally pushed him because uh, Andy Bishop says to him and I pushed him. And I literally, I, well, he didn't move, did he? He didn't move <laughs> a muscle. I, he just looked down at me and thought, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I got a yellow card, so I've got a picture somewhere of that as well. So that, that'll that sit with me. That'll sit with me for a while, that. God, you, pick, you picked on the biggest man on the pitch there, didn't you? I know. The well, they were all big. Stoke were always the land of giants, weren't they? So there was no small player. Charlie Adam, and he was six foot. And then so, Peter yeah. Crouch comes off the bench with five minutes to go as well. Yeah, cheers, Crouchy. Cheers for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he does. So, the, so the, the season after is when, you know, you were almost effectively involved in every single game. Uh, 2015, 2016, um, yeah. 44 league appearances. Um, major part of the side. What, what, was that, what was that like? You know, you start scoring a few goals in the league as well yourself. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out as well. Scored a few goals. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's kind of when I think what helped me was the manager and that team that we had that year. Uh, we had Gary Mills, um, we had Connor Jennings, we had Don Vos, um, you know Adriana Moke. We we had Caden Jackson. Where, you know the team was Manny Smith, Jamal Fifield. It went on. We had mm-hmm. such a good squad that year where I always look back at that squad and think how we did not go up that year, which I, I know why, because obviously we had a little bit of a downfall around Christmas area. Um, but the, the kind of the, the manager, Gary Mills, he, he obviously, his philosophy was pass, pass, pass. And he was the first manager that I've had that was where a goalkeeper would take a goal kick and the two centre halves were split. And that was new to me because the previous managers I had were six foot four, striker, feed off him. So he was kind of the first one where he told our two centre-halves to split, hold a midfielder, at the time it was Moke or Lee Fowler, drop in. And that kind of suited me because I've always been, you know, I've always liked playing football, getting the ball down and playing football. Um, and that's kind of, I think, what kept me around that team that season, just because obviously I was keeping the ball, we were keeping it moving. And it was just, you know, a pleasure to play and a pleasure to watch, I think, as well. So mm-hmm. that season probably, you know, sticks out for me for being, you know, probably one of my best seasons, really, in the way I was playing my football. Yeah. Now, I mean, it, it's so easy to, to look past the fact that at this point, you're not even 21 years old. So <laughs> you're playing this this much football in the in a very high standard, the, nas- the, the National League. And this is going to be such a difficult question for you to ask, uh, yeah. to answer, because you are an excellent fan. But you were, ever, were you ever looking and thinking, I could play a bit higher, I could get a bigger move. Yeah, that, that season was probably, like I said, it was probably my best season for the shirt. And um, I was getting a, f- a few interests from the agent who I had from clubs that were in League One, League Two. Um, and there was, there was, I had an offer um, from Tramia 
in, in that January in that season. Um, so not many people know about that, but obviously it got declined. I'm probably glad of anyway, to be honest. <laughs> um, but we had an offer um, in, in halfway through the season of Tramia, and obviously I didn't want to go because obviously I think we were in the same league at the time. Um, you know, I was playing me football, I was enjoying it and stuff like that. Um, but then I was getting a few scouts coming into the game, and, and that season probably was my best season. And then nothing came through. I didn't I never. I always, I always thought that I could maybe go a little bit higher, but I don't think I believed it enough. And I think that was the problem, maybe why, obviously, I didn't pursue and I didn't go higher because I just, I just don't think I believed it. I think I was so happy playing for my local club, so happy playing for Wrexham, where I didn't push myself, you know, through the off season and got, you know, faster, stronger, quicker. Maybe where if maybe I thought, you know what, I can play higher here, I could have gone for it or I could have had the offer. Um, and then obviously, I don't know if anything did come in because maybe I didn't find out. But then I signed obviously another twelve month contract at Wrexham. Um, which was, you know, I was happy to play uh, for my hometown club for another season. Yeah, of course. Now, <clears throat> obviously, I think at the moment as well, I, I think especially in this age of football, yeah, loyalty is not something that you come across quite a lot either. So, I mean, it's not so like you're, you're a Wrexham lad. You can't be, yeah. you can't sort of be looked down upon for wanting to play for your home side, uh, your sort of home side, can you? No, exactly. I think that's what it was. I just think I, I just I wanted to be the person in that was in that squad that got Wrexham back into the football league because obviously I've seen them for so long in the conference and I just always wanted to be a part of Wrexham. I always want, you know, I still am now. Like I said, I coach at the academy now, so I'm always some, you know, always some sometime in the academy uh, uh, involved with Wrexham. Sorry, so I think I, you know, that was maybe not. I wouldn't say my fault, but being too loyal maybe you know maybe which held me staying at Wrexham because I wanted to stay at Wrexham I wanted to you know probably end my career at that time at Wrexham because I, I was a Wrexham lad but obviously like I said football's you know no longer football it's kind of business really so who knows who knows what could have happened but you know I don't regret anything I did in the end in the long run of course right now you, you scored that season you, you scored in a 3-0 win against Chester oh. um, now <laughs> I, I've, I've actually put here that that is that now, that is almost like the pinnacle of a football story, and it you know completed it. the academy. Yeah, completed what, it, mate. What, what, what was that? What was that like, mate? Now, now for uh, people who don't don't know Rex and Chester, yeah. Can you describe that rivalry for us? The North Wales derby. <laughs> yeah, the North Wales derby, basically. Yeah. Um, this will this will put in a nutshell for you. Joey Jones said he's played in the Merseyside derby. He's played in uh, the North London derby or South London derby when he was at Chelsea. Uh, and he's played in the North Wales derby. And he said the biggest derby, which meant the more and which he thrived off, was the North Wales derby. And I thought, surely not. You've played against, you know, Liverpool, Everton. And he said, no, seriously. He said, you don't realise how intense. And it always has been. He said, he said, you know, how close you are to the fans. He said, with it being a bubble match and stuff like that. He said, you'll realise, you know, for us two, not small clubs, but compared to Liverpool Everton, how much it means to Wrexham and Chester yeah. fans winning that game. Um, and like you just said, then, you know, you wanted to make your debut for your hometown club. You wanted to captain them. And then to top it off, you want to score against the team that probably you don't like, which is Chester. I've, I've completed it uh, and then yeah <laughs> score, scoring that goal against Chester mate. Gee, if, you, if, you've, if you ever see the the, the um, celebration of when I score obviously I never really had a celebration but that one if you look back at it I, I, I'm dancing I jump in the air I think I do a star jump I fist <laughs> up in the air 
I do about nine <laughs> celebrations in one, um, just because it means it means so much to you know to Wrexham as a community, um, and for a local lad to do that, yeah, it was. Uh, I brought it's my best moment in football, definitely that that happening, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty incredible, but dream, yeah. dream type of thing. Now, hundred percent. Again, another thing that you can't look past: winning the Young Player of the Year as well. You did that two consecutive seasons. Now, is is there like, you know, obviously your main aim is to get out the football league, uh, to get into the football league. Sorry, now yeah. it's a personal sort of accolades. Then take a bit of a back note, or is it still something you know that you're you you, you take a lot of pride? Um, it's a good question, that really, because obviously. In your in your head, when you're playing that that and kind of games and that kind of football, you're thinking in the back of your head, you know, surely these trophies have got to mean something. You know, it just doesn't mean that I'm just going to keep winning these trophies each year and fighting for the playoffs. So you kind of think at the end of the year, right? What what happens next? Do I get the, you know? Do I get that chance of playing a little bit higher? Because um, obviously you're doing something right. Something must be working for getting because you've got people voting for you doing that. So you mean yeah. you, you know you're pleasing the fans, but then does it make you think? Wait, are people voting for me because I'm a local lad playing for me local club, and they're just happy to see a local <laughs> lad play the games? So it, it was hard. And I thought personally, I still do now that you know I deserve the trophy from my playing ability. But then back yeah. in my head, at the playing sometimes it thinks do people voting for me because it was nice seeing a local lad playing for their local club. So we'll never know, but you know it was. You always thought something was going to happen from it, um, but obviously it didn't quite happen. But like I said, you know I was honoured to win them trophies. I've, I've got them actually on the side there. Um, I've still got them here. Um, I'll take them wherever I go, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely, mate. Don't blame you at all. Now uh, a little one for Con as well. You scored scored against Tramia. Uh, I was hoping you say this. In that two. <laughs> Am I, I, I right to say was it was it was the first season, wasn't it, when it was on a Tuesday night? Yes, uh, Tuesday you know night under the lights. Yeah, I remember. I remember well. I, I sort of remember that game. I was uh, I was quite drunk at the time, but it was that was <laughs> one of the um, that was one of I can genuinely say um, one of the like the sort of most intense games yeah. I've ever been to. You know, because yeah. the atmosphere that night was just outrageous it, it was just meant to be on a Tuesday night wasn't it I think that's what yeah. made it obviously it was pitch black you're under the lights I think obviously Tramia obviously great following this they sold out the obviously the whole the Eric Roberts stand at the time it was so I think you know Tramia had about 1600 fans there Wrexham sold out either end um, and it, it was we were we were probably the two best teams or two best informed teams going against each other and I think Tramia's squad at that time was, was very good obviously Jay Harris was I was playing against him um, I think Martin Riley, Andy Mangan, who was up front, you know, and I think, uh, I don't know if James Norwood was there at the time. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, that that was, because I've never like been a goal scorer and I've never scored in training. Oh, mate, I'll put in the top ends 100%. Comes to a game, <laughs> I'll hit the corner flag. Just always used to happen like that. And I just remember Don Bowes took a quick free kick. Um, and the keeper at the time, I'm not sure it was trying to keep a Scott Davis, I think he might have Scott been. Scott Davis, like yeah, yeah. 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 He punched it, it out and I, it just came to me and I think it was in the 19th minute, just bottom corner, wazzed in. And same again, another one, I, I ran all the way. Yeah, you ran all the way to the corner. You ran all the way to the corner where they were all going. Yeah, shit where, obviously, right. where, obviously <laughs> where, it, where it goes off, the Trammy fans and the Wrexham fans, I just thought, and if you've seen it again, I think I've run 100 metres in a very, very quick time. I'm telling you that now. I've sprinted. I think that's why I was absolutely shattered by the end of the game. Um, 
but I've sprinted all the way down and I've just stood there and just gave it like the arms out to the Wrexham fans and obviously Trammy, it didn't bow down well with the Trammy fans but it was just heat of the moment that you know you just yeah. it's just you can't help yourself really the excitement and what you know the excitement running through your veins really one of them especially especially as a young, a young lad as well that's I yeah. mean I wouldn't be able to keep the cool now when I'm mid-20s Exactly, that's what I mean. You had all the lads on a Tuesday night who had maybe college or work the next day. All my mates were there, probably had a few beers, so they probably couldn't remember it. But, you know, it was just one of them. Uh, it was, yeah, brilliant moment, very nice moment. I'd just like to point out there, Robbie, uh, Nate's taking the piss out of Con for being a Tramner fan here. Nate was in the away end that day. so I was just thinking <laughs> that. Is, is, he Trammy, is he a Tramner fan as well? Yeah. He, used yeah. To follow, he, he follows them around. Yeah, he tries uh, to say Occasionally, okay, occasionally, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, um, we'll we'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. So, yeah. So again, you, you a great season. You move on to then what would be the sixteen seventeen season. I think if that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, you, you have a really good another season. You win Young Player of the Year again. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, you, you didn't have as many appearances this season, but how was that with you? Obviously, you're growing into you're growing into it. Is the pressure sort of building up on you now? As you get, think, you know, you get into your twenties. I think what it was, it was re- realizing how physical and demanding it was playing. You know, for example, the season before playing more or less every game, it was just kind. You know, I was growing up, my legs were growing and stuff like that, and I was just starting to get these little injuries that I've never had before. Uh, you know, the little strains in your quads because obviously your muscles are still developing I didn't I hadn't even hit 21 I was just up turning 21 so I'm still growing and you know where you'd go into a youth team tackle you'd probably win and nothing would happen you get a bruise on your toe or something like that where here in you know it was starting to 50-50 challenges and you'd, you'd, you'd be in, you know you'd get injured and I think that was just obviously realising you know how demanding it was playing them many games and injuries just started like ticking in at the wrong time which didn't help. Um, and one of my, it always goes through me a little bit. I ate it, but I was one of them where if the football was there and the lad was two yards from it, I'd try and win the tackle when I was never going to win it. And that's where I was starting to like mature a little bit and realizing I don't need to put these stupid tackles in because I'm just going to injure myself. And I think that's what started taking the toll on me, obviously missing games through injury and stuff like that through that season. Did you think like that? You just said about the tackling there, Robbie. Do you think that sort of you, you were beginning to maybe mature a bit more? You sort of learning a bit more on the pitch type of thing? Yeah, it was just things. Obviously, you know, when you're local lad, you just want to impress the fans. And nothing more with the Rex and fans love is a lad wearing the hat on the sleeve, putting 50 50 challenges in, winning the second balls, doing the groundwork, doing the work that, you know, maybe these players who were on a thousand pound a week won't maybe do. Um, but then obviously when I started realising I was getting injured from some of these tackles that, you know, I, I'm killing myself by not playing the week after and the week after that. Um, you know, you start realising and start maturing a little bit and, you know, using your head a little bit more rather than being so rash. And I think that season was probably the season where, you know, I started realising, you know, football really not going to, you know, play, you know, play, not go, not going to win a 50-50 knowing that you're not going to win, basically, one of them. Um, so I think it was an important year for me where I kind of matured up a lot that season. Yeah, of, of course. Now, obviously, t- towards the end, now we're getting towards sort of the end of your Wrexham career now. H- how did it sort of come about leaving Wrexham after, now, I, I don't, if you don't mind me saying, after a pretty 
looked like really good few years yeah. through the academy. How did that come about, and what sort of effect did it have on you when you left? Um, yeah, it was it was it was tough. I struggled with it to be honest. It, it was it was one of them where it got to a stage where so the season obviously I, I left just before so I got let go. Um, I I was captain, so I was appointed captain from Dean Keats for the last six months of the season because uh, Sean Newton just left to York, and we didn't have a very good squad. We had um, we had the likes of Callum Powell, Kaylin Bill, and Nichols, Hampshire Ben Sharif. You know, no disrespect disrespect to them, but the season before where we had. Connor Jennings, the Don Vols, we had a very good team. Um, so I felt a lot of pressure. I felt a lot of responsibility on my shoulders a little bit where I was wanted to please the Wrexham fans so much. I felt like when we were going to get the results, I was letting them down. And obviously me being captain, there's so much pressure then because you've got to kind of, you know, everyone's looking at you a little bit, you know, and me being a Wrexham local lad, I can't get away from it. I go to the petrol station, you know, you'd have a Wrexham fan there. You'd go for yeah. a few beers on a Saturday night. You'd have a Wrexham fan come up to you. And it was just coming, it was getting a bit too much. And then I remember you a, obviously... You when, a shit podcast and there's an Erection fan here, so I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but exactly, it, it got to the stage where I wasn't enjoying, obviously, not get, you know, getting beat, but then not having a social life a little bit where I couldn't maybe go and, you know, have a beer with my mates because, which obviously rifle, I was a professional footballer, but... You know, people go out and have a social life, and it just got to the stage where living in Wrexham and being all around it was a bit hard. And then Dinky sat me down at the end of the season. Um, you know, he, he didn't he didn't say I'm releasing you because obviously your quality or nothing like that. He just said I think it's time for you to maybe have a break away from Wrexham, you know, and maybe get out of Wrexham and go play elsewhere. Um, and looking back at it, I probably think it was the right decision. Um, probably not the right decision which club I went to, but yeah. it was one of them really. Yeah. Yeah, now, uh, again, with, 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 you, you sort of touched on it there. You made the move down south. Now, before we get into the club that you, you joined, you, you're a 21-year-old lad now. I'm 25, and I can't go a day looking after myself. So how was it moving down south as a 21-year-old lad to play for the side? Uh, yeah, it was. I just like Gavin and Stacey too much, really, because obviously Bill and Rick is in Gavin and Stacey, isn't it? So, big fan of that show. But it was one of them. It what it was. I wasn't on. I wasn't on mega money at Wrexham, and I wasn't. A lot of people were on so much money with me. So it's not like I had savings in the bank. I was twenty-one. I'd still had my car to pay for. I had my Ford Fiesta, you know, because I was independent. Paying for my insurance, paying for my mobile phone, you know. And obviously, when your contract ends in April, May, June, July. You don't get paid. So I've just gone from professional footballer and I'm thinking, right, what am I going to do here? I've got no money in the bank or nothing like that. Um, and then obviously I had a few offers. I had Kidderminster, uh, Southport, Telford, you know, teams in the Conference North or I think were maybe in the bottom half of the, of the conference then. And then obviously I had the Bill Ricky offer. And then I just thought, you know, it, it was an offer that, that was, to be honest, I couldn't turn down. It was an offer that, you know, I, I looked back and I thought, wow, you know, I'm probably never, ever going to get offered that money again. And then secondly, Dean Keats told me to go move away. So I thought, all right, I'll go move down south in Essex. So <laughs> couldn't get any further away, could I really? So, um, yeah, it was one of them, really. An offer I couldn't turn down and experience that, um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Well, what was that? I, I don't know. I sort of, I don't know how much you can talk about it, but there's a lot of media. There was a lot of media hype around yeah. Ricky at the time. Um, yeah. You could sort of say it was a bit of like a media circus, the amount of things that were going on. You oh, signed... mate, seriously, I thought I was going to get a little job on Tabby while I was down there. It was that serious. <laughs> it was like you had so much going on. 
some Welsh lad popping them towie with hands or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually in the crop of signings that included Jermaine Penance, Kevin Foley. Um, what, now, it, again, hard to sum up, but what was that? What was that like? The whole sort of experience. It, 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 like you, just, you just said it, mate. You just said it. It was like a circus. It really was. Um, you know, the football side of it was very good, but then we had too much media on us, which was a lot of pressure. And obviously, the chairman that we had, chairman who was the manager, who was also the physio, was also the kit man. Whatever, whatever, every, whatever thing he said, we had to do. So you know what I mean. It was one of them. I don't regret going down there. I don't regret going down there. It was time for me to come after 12 months, but I don't regret. I won the travel down there. I got player of the season. Yeah. So for me to get a player of the season down there when obviously Jamie O'Hara and that were playing, yeah. you know, yeah. don't like it on Sky Sports, Jamie, while well, I play for Billy Ricky, do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 but um, it, it, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. You know, living. I tell you what, Paul Konchesky, the nicest person, by the way, you'll ever meet. My mates came down because uh, we had a friendly against West Ham. And Paul Koncheski ended up taking us out to this bar and he just paid for me, made drinks all night. What a guy. Yeah, Some what guy, a guy. Man. Some guy. But he was the nicest person ever. But it was, like I said, circus, but we won the treble. On the football side, of it, it was very good. Media side of it was, I've never seen anything like it before in a football club. Yeah. Well, I, I was that to say, I, I, did, did the football sometimes get put on the back burner because of the amount of stuff that was going on down there? Yeah, just the chairman slash owner slash kit man just wanted to say too much on social media where I remember the first, day before the first game of the season, he'd say, we're, play, we're going to play 42 games and we're going to win every single game. First game of the season, we lost 2-0 at home. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, what, 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 why do you say this stuff? Because it's going to bite you on the ass a little bit. It was one of them kind of things. Um, but I think out of, during you know going through the season, I think he kind of realised in the end, you know, how intense it was and how how horrible some people can be social media when it comes to, you know, you know, if you're gonna say it, they're gonna get it back. Um, um but yeah, circus mate, you said it. I think that's you nailed it in one. A, a bit of a a bit of a, a a niche thing, this, but uh Hodge found it actually on uh on Twitter. Oh, here you you, go. You, you, no, no, it's a it's a player that you played with, uh, Jeremy Lynch. Um, oh, but, this freestyler lad. Oh, <laughs> my God. Mate, what was, what was he seen, like? Mate, seriously now, we, someone said we're going to sign him. And I thought, all right, yeah. And I've seen him on YouTube and I, I thought, mate, he's going to get it in like 20 hours. I'll just keep putting the top ins. Like, we'll just keep giving the ball to him. He came and he was the worst footballer I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> mate, he could do a rain, he could do a rainbow flick. He could do all this shit, put it on your back of your neck and that. But then we played someone on a Tuesday night where the pitch is horrendous, and someone's just gone <laughs> straight through him. And, you know, he was just oh, he, what it was. I think we signed him where they agreed on no wages, but he will do like he would subscribe Billy Ricky or something on YouTube on his channel, and then which would hopefully yeah. get more fans to watch Billy Ricky, Jeez. which would be more income. It was just one of them, that, mate. Yeah, that is proper modern football. That. Oh, mate, seriously. <laughs> when he came, really nice guy, really yeah. nice guy. Just shit, <laughs> shit of <at> football. <laughs> it's simple as he can do all the flicks he wants, but he, he he couldn't play on a Tuesday night, you know, in a Hendon away or Tombridge Angels on a Tuesday night. He couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> I know. Imagine if he watches this now and he messages me after. I can't imagine not, this. Not, not a chance, mate. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> um, um, 
again, again, you can't sort of look past that season, like you say. You did the treble, you did the league, Essex Senior Cup, and the League Cup. Now, with the squad that you had, were you literally sort of wiping the floor with everyone, or was it a bit more difficult than, let's say, the owner, uh, physio, yeah. um, Kitman expected? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, if we. We didn't win it like so with that squad there. We didn't win it say by 10, 15 points. I think we won it by five, six. You know what I mean? You know, I, you get all them players very good, very good players. You train on a four G pitch, yeah, no one can get the ball off you. You go on a pitch, especially that league, which was two leagues lower than the conference level. You're playing on pitches that you know we go back to when I was playing on the park when I was seven. Probably the same standard as that. So can these Jermaine Pennants, can these Jamie Warras do it on a pitch like that? Probably answer was in the end, in the long run, yes. But at the start, no, we had to grow into it. We had to kind of think we're not going to be able to play football. And, you know, we got players then who were on a guy, Adam Cunnington, who was at Cambridge, where obviously I think Wrexham were in, I think Trammy were in obviously the football league then, you know, where we had to maybe play route one football, uh, which suited us. And we had to learn how to win games in in that, that kind of league. Um, so it took us a while, but it was a, a long demanding season, but obviously we got there in the, in the end. Yeah. What was it like uh, being able to, did you learn much from, the, you know, some of the players that have come down, like to O'Hara and, and Koncheski? And, were they sort of good influences on you at the time? Paul Koncheski, that he, he, he could still play now. When I was playing there, he was, we did the fitness test and stuff like that. He, he won it. He was yeah. so, yeah, he was looked after himself. He was coaching at Welsh West Ham Academy. Uh, he, nicest person ever. You know, he would he would encourage you. You know, he weren't bothered about he's playing, playing in the Prem. I think he's played for England, played for Liverpool. Me coming from North Wales, you know, it, it didn't matter to him. It didn't matter. But then obviously you had Jamie O'Hara, Jermaine Pennant, different personalities where yeah. they were arrogant, but they knew where they were being arrogant. You know, they did it with the jokey banter kind of side. Uh, I'll always look. I'll always remember Jermaine Pennant's got a tattoo of the Champions League on his leg. He didn't win it. He didn't win it. He got. He lost AC Milan in the final two one, but he's got a tattoo on his leg. I'm thinking, oh, I tell you what, I'm going to get the Rex and Chester derby date on my chest, shall I? But I was like, he's got it tattooed on his leg. So, you know, it tells you two different personalities. You know that there, and then that lovely lads. Just two different personalities, which what probably what you kind of need in the changing room. Really, you need someone like that. And then you need someone whose head's on it, switched on from the first whistle to the last whistle. Um, yeah. So I think that's what you need in every club, to be honest. Mm. And I think people have got that. Yeah. So, so again, you mentioned before, Robbie, that you you won Player of the Year there. How did it sort of come about the the move away from Billy Ricky? Then was that sort of your decision to come back up to the northwest? Yeah. It was one of them. I think what 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 happened on in, in the season and stuff like that. You know, not the football side. You know, outside of football with the media and stuff like that. Um, they wanted obviously I signed a good contract to go on. I had three years, so I had two years left in my contract. Um, but they wanted to change my contract and offer me less money. And the money that they offered me the second time wasn't enough for me to live down there financially. And yeah. plus, they wanted to cut their wage bill down for obviously going to the conference south, which I totally understand. Um. And then obviously you had the likes of Paul Koncheski, who was retiring. You know, you had the players that you kind of won the treble with that were kind of departing. Um, and obviously I just thought, you know, I've experienced 12 months down there. Um, you know, I miss my family because I was only 21. Um, I miss my family, my friends and that, uh, you know, and I, I came from there, winner of the treble, player of the year. I thought, you know, it, it's probably, you know, right time. You know, obviously I would have loved to stay down there, but with everything going on and stuff like that, I think, you know, it was kind of forced in a way that I had to move back up this way and look for a club. Yeah. 
yeah, of course, mate. So you, you back up sort of more towards home then, mate. Yeah. Where was sort of your, where was where was your next move after that? Did you have any clubs, you know? Yeah. So again, before back, back in Warrington, the big, back in the leagues and that. Yeah. Well, so obviously I had what it was. It was so hard because obviously I was playing down south. I had when I left Billericay, I had offers from Dover, Borehamwood, Bromley. So they were all yeah. down there. I had offers all because obviously Billericay was two leagues lower than the conference. So obviously. Teams of this way probably didn't even remember I was still playing. Didn't even realize I was still playing football because you know you don't get scouts going to the evil stick from the conference or stuff like that much on, especially down south. But you did. You got south clubs. So obviously I had offers down there, but I wanted to move back up here. Um, so Telford asked me to go in. Uh, went to Telford. They said we just want to see your fitness before we can sign you. I went there first session. Um, I got kicked in the head um, and I was out cold for an hour and then. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was it. So my me, me chance went there. I had a big uh, cut in my head here. Um, I couldn't play football for three and a half, four weeks. So obviously the season was close to starting. Um, obviously Telford then didn't want off me a contract. Um, but I was out cold, yeah, and it was an absolute uh, out, absolute night. It was, a, it was a little friendly game as well. And uh, it just happened in my first session there for Telford. And then obviously it probably would have been an ideal club to go to after obviously Billericay, but things don't happen like that. Um, terrible, yeah. I know nightmare, yeah. But it was one of them. I should probably shouldn't have put my head dead, to be honest with you. <laughs> so you, you learn from your mistakes, really, don't you? I won't do so, it again. So, like you say, there massive sort of luck in football, in it. So yeah, you know, you, you sort of it's, it's all unanswered questions of what would have happened from there. But exactly. what was then your move after that little sort of um, your unlucky experience there where do you sort of go to then to so then you're kind of panicking then because you've the season starting I think it was two weeks and you think who am I going to sign for here you know who's, who's seen me up this way people have only seen me from my Wrexham days and that was so my last, last Wrexham season was you know with injury and obviously when I left Wrexham so who's seen me three years ago and thinks I'm still a good player now and it was it was maybe thinking right I might have to drop down a level here, which was the Evo stick and obviously Paul Carden who was the Warrington manager um, got in contact with me and asked if I fancy going for a game there um, and I went there and the, the team that we had that we put together probably would have held itself in the conference if I'm honest we had like Dave Raven who obviously I know he's been on, on here mm-hmm. um, we had Jack McCreff Ben Garrity who's now just signed for Oldham Athletic from Warrington we had Jack Dunn who we played for Tramios at Liverpool. Yeah. So yeah. I went there thinking, right, I'm dropping down, but maybe it's probably what I need for my career at this time to maybe get my name back out there. So maybe obviously I can now go and progress through the seasons again. And um, yeah, it was a brilliant season. We just missed out on the playoffs, obviously, to go up to the Conference North. But the squad that we had was uh, was very good and I'm very fortunate really for Paul giving me, giving me a ring to go there because I think it, it got my name back up and around this area, I think, after that, after my season there. Was it was it nice to, you know, concentrate on the football a bit more and not have to yeah. not have to worry maybe as much about that was that was a nice bit I think getting back just to playing football training and just playing football and then obviously coaching rather than coming home reading Twitter reading what was on social media because of obviously the previous club I was at so it was nice just you know playing especially with a group of lads who just all wanted to play football um, with a good with a, such a good club as well Warrington Town. Um, so it was definitely the right time for me to go then yeah I loved every minute of it actually that season yeah it's a tough club Warrington we've had a few lads that have um, that have spent time there so how long did you how long did you spend there Robbie before you, so you, it, you know, was that 
You moved just then to, to Curzon or? Yeah, so I just did the season there. And obviously, like I said, I spoke to Paul and I told him, obviously, I want to come to this club to try and get my name back around there. But obviously, me doing so well for Warrington, I want to do well for Warrington. And then hopefully that helps the club out and then helps myself out. And then obviously, we lost in the playoff final against King Glynn, who were now obviously in the conference. We lost, we were 2-2. Um, and full time and then obviously went to extra time and I think it was Michael Gash who's now playing for still now King Glenn in the conference he scored the, he scored the win in the extra time so just missed out um, but and then obviously after that then obviously had the interest you know Warrington wanted to keep me on but then obviously had an interest from Curzon Ashton really to um, to you know go back into the conference north which you know was my aim really to you know go up the leagues Yeah so how, how's your time been you know as we come towards the back end of your career so far. How's your time been at Curzon? You know, another bit, big club in a, in a yeah, good league. A, a good club, like a very good club, very ran well. Uh, it's just been unfortunate. You know, the first season um, ended because of COVID mm. and then second season has ended because mm. of the grant money and stuff like that and obviously not be able to uh, fund their way through and stuff like that, which is totally acceptable um, and totally reasonable. Yeah, But it's such a good club. Um, it's ran professionally, you know, you've got the 4G pitch, you've got your pitch next, you know, the stadium next door to the pitch. Um, you know, a great bunch of lads, especially my first season. I was unfortunate because I, I was doing so well. The first five games, I broke my ankle, which is an absolute nightmare. And then Curzon went and lost lost the, the next eight games. So yeah. there's me thinking, ah, you're missing me, do you know what I mean? Billy Bill, time <laughs> in the stands. And then the first game back, we played York City and we beat him 3-0. So I was like... Where's me? Where's me? Halo? Just put it over my head. I mean, the savior's back. <laughs> <laughs> the one who scores zero goals. Um, but yeah, no, very good. And like I said, uh, I'm captain there now. So obviously, I was captain towards the end of the last season, and then uh, this season with the new manager, impressive in pre-season. Uh, you appointed me, you know, full-time captain of the club. Um, I'm 25, uh, you know, and, and the aim is, like I said, to keep going higher. Whether that's with Curzon, whether it's, you know it's not with Curzon. Um, you know, I'm hopefully, you know, I've put my name around there and stuff like that now. And, you know, who knows what happens next season. We'll have to wait and see. I think we've got a long time, I think, until I see where I sign mm. because we got so yeah. it's just about keeping keeping fit and stuff like that now, isn't it? But um no, I'm uh, I'm super excited to see what happens. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm enjoying it occurs and I am enjoying it occurs and well I did until obviously it ended. Yeah. <laughs> of, of course, right now it's it, like it's quite mad to think you are only twenty five because you have been been around for like almost what what seven eight years now so, yeah yeah you know, I know that's hopefully I think it all comes together again yeah for you, mate. thinking like talking about all this and stuff it does realise you know because obviously it made me debut at 17 you, you know it does make you think how long you have been playing and stuff like that and only just saying I'm only 25 I hope I can play for another 10 years more you know I look after myself hopefully yeah. I can play for 35 <clears> and uh, hopefully you can I don't know play against Trammy one more time and maybe have a a little goal at that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Robbie, so obviously we've sort of come to, come to an end there. What we do at the end of every podcast, mate, uh, Con just has, has a few quick fire questions just about footy, oh, about some of your experience. <laughs> they're not that bad. Everyone shits themselves everything. Everyone really shits themselves on these, so just, uh... well this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I will say, what I will say, I actually have really enjoyed it. Um, I get offered to go on these podcasts and stuff like that a few times and then it doesn't really go, you know, it's just, it's just a bit dead, to be honest, some podcasts. <laughs> but Adam spoke very highly of, of this and he, he said, uh, when you get the chance, get on him, mate, you'll have a laugh. And I will say it's been it's been a good laugh. I have really enjoyed it, to be honest. So bring oh. on these questions. 
Go ahead, Con. No, um, some of these we've asked, asked most of the lads, to be fair. Um, first one, um, have you had to do any initiations during your career so far? Yes, every club. First thing, first song, Jason Mraz, I'm yours. That's the song that I sing. <laughs> don't, ask, don't ask me to sing it now. Don't ask me to sing it now. <laughs> but yeah, J- every club I so go that, to. Is that, is that your go-to? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't sing it anywhere else, yeah. but it's just an easy one. You know, it's got an yeah. easy beat. Um, you know, you can click the fingers and stuff like that. So it's just one of them that gets the crowd, you know, a bit going. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, well st- stick on the uh, song themes then. Um, did you have any involve anything to do with the R. Kelly song at Bill Ricky in the changing so, rooms? To end that podcast, uh, it's thanks for having me, lads. <laughs> 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 okay. So they, they did the song, obviously, before uh, before I signed. And then when I signed, I went down after New Zealand. I really thought that I wouldn't have to do it. Um, but, yeah, we were the world's greatest. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I did sing it. I did sing it. Um, yeah. If you ever see your videos, I my head is down. Head is down and me singing, like, face on <laughs> the floor. Um, but I got absolutely rinsed by my mates. And now everyone who's going to watch this podcast will probably rinse me again. So thanks for that chance. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll move away from that then. Um, what would you say is the worst away dressing room that you've had to go into? Easy. Braintree tram. Braintree. Oh, horrendous. It's like, it's a Braintree, yeah. It's like, it's probably the same size as the room I'm in now, to be honest. It's, it's it's that small and you've got like a little the tunnel is like a cage right like you'd go literally it looks like you're going into the back of a prison you know prison <laughs> basically um yeah so i'd probably say it always sits for me brain brain tree tramp brain tea brain tree town football club yeah that's that shit i can't even say yeah. their name properly <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, what would you say is, is your best moments that you've had in your career so far um, best moment, um, probably the ones we spoke about really tonight. Um, being, you know, captain, captain in the side, Wrexham, um, yeah. scored against Chester. Um, yeah, probably. So. Oh, and you know, playing for me country as well because I played for Rex, uh, Wales, obviously in the 16 and 17. So I've got the caps, you know, for that really. So I'd probably say that's that's a nice moment really as well. Yeah, definitely. Fair enough. That. Yeah. And then a final one, which we ask most people. Um, if you could change one thing about football, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. That VAR can that can piss off. Um, <laughs> I'd probably say, you know, the social media kind of it, really. You know, football being not, you know, I, I think a Liverpool fan said it before, you know, people going to watch football games now and just being on their phone and just like recording it and then you put it on Snapchat and it goes on Instagram and Twitter. None of, you know, it's none of that. Any, I don't, I just, it doesn't sit with me well that. I just love old school people having a pint next to, you know, watching Warrington mm-hmm. Town play and just loving the game of football yeah. and people coming off with bandages around their head. You know, all, <laughs> yeah. all this, all this like social media and stuff like that now that involves football, which, you know, it's a business like it is. It is a business, but, you know, just if you could change that, you know, that'd be lovely. If you can do that for me, lads, that'd be nice. 
<laughs> we're only making it worse unfortunately <laughs> but no not kind of this more kind of you know like says I've killed myself there haven't I a little bit <laughs> nah not at all I know what you, you know mean, what I, mean? I know what you mean people I just mean people recording the games while they're there and just not enjoying it. And people just like you see people in the, in the stands yeah. and stuff like that. You yeah. know, you, you get that in non-league where you never used to get that in non-league and you're getting that now in non-league. People coming to like my games and thinking you don't want to really watch Curzon. You just want to have a day out really. It's, it's just that kind of mentality yeah. now that yeah. doesn't sit with me well. And hopefully like you get the old school fans back in and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's good, that all, that, I think- it's all, all done yeah. on the questions, Con. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so very much. We'll, we'll bring it to an end. I'll be absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, for, I've really enjoyed uh, it. I've time, really mate. enjoyed it, lads. Yeah, it's been. It is nice doing stuff like this, and then obviously when you get three good lads like this, eh, no, it is really nice. I've really enjoyed it. You'll just have to uh, let me know when it goes up because uh, I'll have to have a listen with this again because it's made me laugh <laughs> as well. So I really appreciate, <laughs> really appreciate having me. I really do. Top man, Robbie. Thank you very much. Thank mate. you very much. No worries, chaps. See you later, boys. See, see, you, see you soon, mate. Thank, Thank you. Ciao. Well, that was Passing Groove. Many thanks to everyone who has listened. If you got this far, we'll be back weekly with more episodes. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links will be in the description. Feel free to message us with any feedback or comments. Again, many thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers.